This is Superhouse. Welcome, Superhouse Podcast listeners. This is episode 115. A little late, but we're going to do our annihilation review. You know, we got shit going on, so don't judge us too harshly. Um, <laughs> we also got, we're going to do a little retrospective for Kevin Smith. We almost lost him. It was very sad. I was very nervous because to me, he's one of uh, our, one of the great filmmakers of my time. I grew up watching his movies, so we're going to go over that a little bit. We got some movie news. Joey's going to tell us about his top show that he's been watching this year. And then I got a current listens thing. It's something new, so get ready because here we go. I'll be joined by myself, Andrew Bush, Hello. and Joey Cookley. What up? All right, guys. Here it is. It's time. Our very late Annihilation review. This movie is written and directed by Alex Garland. You may know him from Ex Machina and 28 Days Later. Starring Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Tessa Thompson. All right, guys. Here it is. General thoughts. Joey, tell me what you thought of Annihilation. I thought it was a cool, like, new sort of horror movie, man. Um, uh, I thought the all-female cast was great to have, kind of ha- them have- them being in this sort of, you know, predator, alien military role. I mean, I know we had uh, a couple women in Aliens and Alien, um, but just kind of seeing that was cool. Uh, the, um, the creature effects were top-notch. Uh, it was definitely some stuff I... You know, we hadn't really seen before sort of the blooming, almost like a Last of Us style, uh, uh, you know, effects. Um, it's definitely kind of a uh, like a slow burn throughout. Like it, it doesn't really get too action packed. It kind of keeps the suspense and the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, the soundtrack was great. Uh, that was also very sort of a Last of Us uh, like. Um, but yeah, I definitely would recommend it to anybody who is into horror and crazy, creepy sci-fi. Sweet. Andrew? Uh, I think my thoughts can be distilled down into this. <clears throat> I liked it, but I didn't love it. I thought it was, it was okay. And we're going to get into this more as we go into this review, but, um, I thought the visuals were good, but, uh, just to keep it short right here at the top, I'm just going to say, it just wasn't just not as good as Ex Machina, and uh, I don't know. It was it was okay. Sweet. Um, I'm kind of fifty fifty on it because I read the the novel, and there's a lot of stuff I wanted to see in the movie that I didn't get to see. So, on thinking about it for like a week now, I appreciate the film for being like a cool new sci-fi film with stuff that I've read about but haven't seen before on the the big screen also appreciate that it's an all-female-led cast of scientists which is pretty dope because you don't ever see like i don't remember the last movie i saw like that uh maybe never um especially like you know on the big screen not like an independent film or something like that where it's only limited release or something like it's a pretty big movie you know big stars um so yeah i mean i'm 50 50 on it um I definitely think it's a really good sci-fi movie, but there's just a part of me that read the novel and wanted to see certain things and kind of the way the book plays out that I didn't get. 
So I definitely think I need to watch it again and just kind of try to separate myself because usually when you read a novel, you go in and you're like, I want this and this to happen. And then it doesn't. You go, that's a trash movie. That's not as good as the book. But right. I feel like it still has a lot of merits as a film. And I think I, you, sometimes you just got to separate yourself. Um, but it's hard when you really love something. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Now we're going to get into performances. The cast. What'd you think of them? You know, who who is your favorite character? Um, stuff like that. Um, Joey, go ahead. Uh, I thought the cast was cool. It was, it was, you know, again, talk about all female cast, but like, um, you know, seeing Ali Portman in, in sort of a, you know, military style role was something different. Um, you know, I guess, you know, that was cool to see. Uh, Gina Rodriguez, I used to watch the show that she's on called uh, Jane the Virgin. Yeah. Uh, it's on CW. And um, yeah, it's cool seeing her in this sort of like, you know, sort of butchy, you know, manly role as like a paramedic and like, you know, fucking shit up. And, um, you know, Tessa Thompson, we've seen her as like Valkyrie and uh, a couple other films, uh, Dear White People, I believe she was in. Um, <clears throat> Creed. Yeah, Creed. She's also in Creed. Uh, you know, she's a little more not as not as tough as we'd seen her before, but she, uh, you know, still seeing her in there. And then Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, playing, I guess, their boss character. You know, she's got she's got some secrets. Um, and then uh, this new character or new actress, I don't think I'd seen before. I tried to see what she was in. I don't think I'd seen her before, but uh, I thought they were great. Um, they definitely sort of, uh, yeah, that's all, uh, yeah, I liked. It. <laughs> Andrew. Um. So yeah, I. What was the original question? I'm sorry. It's just like, like the performances overall. Did you the performances like, were you captured by the performances? Were you, you know? Yeah, the performances really aren't. That's not really the like the the thing that kind of took it down a peg for me. It, it the performances are all good. I mean, I don't know if anything was like Oscar worthy, but it's maybe not that kind of movie. It was just like Natalie Portman's great in it. Uh, Oscar Isaac's great in it. All supporting cast. I mean, yeah. I mean, acting performance really wasn't a problem with the movie i think it's just some other things i'm gonna cool. keep plugging it till we get there <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um uh just for me i thought the performances were great i was like you know uh natalie portman it was nice to see her in something something again on the big screen i know she'd done some like there's a movie on netflix called planetarium that looks kind of cool uh i want to check out but i haven't really seen her in a while it's nice to see her holding the gun and like shooting fucking crocodiles which was dope yeah, um, you know, I, I definitely felt like the cast was cool. Um, I, I definitely like the scene where they're at the uh, like lunch table just chatting. Um, I felt like in that little bit of a scene, you really got that there was kind of like, you know, they wanted to have the closeness. And then when they get slowly torn apart, I felt like you felt it like, you know, everyone had a reason for turning on one another or a reason for going on when people wanted to go back and um thought that was cool i thought oscar isaacs was great i didn't realize that he would just on his days off go film annihilation while he was filming the last jedi so yeah, yeah, yeah. top notch uh performance there for someone who's probably fucking tired um, <laughs> yeah. but not that he was i mean he was laying down a lot in the movie but he did have some cool moments in it and i definitely really like the uh when he's uh when they're together in kind of the flashback scenes um i thought those were some really cute like kind of down to earth kind of relationship scenes that I don't think you really see because everything's kind of romanticized. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought the performance was great. It's great to see Jennifer Jason Lee. She's in a great show on Netflix called Atypical, which she's really good good in. So it was nice to see her in like a bigger budget movie. And like Tessa Thompson's great. And um, the other people in it were great too. Like I haven't seen Jane the Virgin, so I'll probably check it out just because of the character she played in Annihilation and the other. Like I was, I didn't want anyone to die, but I knew what was coming. <laughs> so I was just like, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was, the performances I thought were really good. All right, we're moving on, guys. It's visuals time. <laughs> now, visuals, we're just talking about overall look. We're not getting into the creature aspect just yet because you know it's got its own category because of me. Um, <laughs> so, we're just going to talk about the overall look, like uh, the world that was set up in Annihilation and not really specific stuff, like stuff like, uh, you know, just like some of like the plant life and stuff that you got to see. So, Joe, if you want to go ahead and just touch on visuals. Yeah, so we'll basically just start with the glimmer, man. I thought the the sort of uh, slick oil look was really cool, you know, kind of mm -hmm. the the perimeter of the place um, when they went in. Seeing that was really awesome. Seeing the, like, um, I guess the, you know, sort of how it was changing the whole uh the, the whole area as it consumed it, the sort of changing of the DNA. And um, it's basically like, um, I don't want to get too much into it, but it, it visuals. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, like seeing the different creatures as they were changing, um, you know, kind of how they were uh, like with the uh, uh, alligator, I think had like three rows of teeth, like a shark. Yeah. Um, seeing like the, the, the little, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, like little jackalopes or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of hopping around and one's like one's like got a skull, you know, as a head, and they're kind of one's got like branching flowers, uh, plant life growing out of the top of its head. Uh seeing the sort of the difference between those two. Um the sort of uh gory effects with the the guy in the pool was pretty awesome. <laughs> We're going to get to gore in a minute. Let's just talk about like overall like plant life and like, you know, the beach, <laughs> okay, the beach scene with the crystal, crystal. Tree. Yeah, okay. I, that that crystal was no, okay, yeah, the, the crystal structures were, were pretty awesome as they were like, uh, you know, booming up, I guess, from the, you know, near the sort of center of everything. Uh, I, yeah, I liked all the, yeah, the visuals are great. It was something different and kind of cool to see. Uh, very beautiful, but also very destructive, uh, as we'll get into later. Andrew? Yeah, I thought the, the look was cool. The, the the shimmer, like you said, the perimeter was really cool. It was a kind of a new take on, uh, you know, a lot of the times these movies are just dark, 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 dark. And this one has like a bunch of like bright colors and, you know, some like a lot of sunlight in some areas, you know what I mean? So I thought that that was like a welcome change. And the type of alien that it was that produced the shimmer and all the, I don't know. I thought, I guess we're just talking about visuals, but yeah, I mean the, with the flowers, my, my favorite, I think one of the scenes that sticks out to me the most was whenever she's turning into the, the flower. Yeah. She's walking mm -hmm. away. That really stuck with me. So I thought that was cool. And I want to see the guy's swamp thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. I thought the visuals were great. It was like when you read a novel, uh, I think you just kind of visualize the way you see the surrounding area. Yeah. And when I saw the movie, I felt like, you know, they did take it a step beyond, especially on the beach scene. Cause I don't think that's really described that way, but I did like that the uh, beach was having these like glass like structures 
which I thought was pretty dope. Because uh, basically, when you're in the shimmer, it's just messing with all DNA and cells and right. So, like you're adapting part of it to yourself. Um, but yeah, I thought everything was cool looking. I liked uh, I liked that the uh, when you first get into the shimmer, it's like okay, this looks like a jungle, and then they get to like the houseboat or the like house that's sunken in the water. And you're like, okay, this is cool. It's kind of like Louisiana. And then as they progress further, it's like you start seeing these changes and things start happening to them. And uh, I really thought the visuals were really great. And just the way they set up that world is like, I, I haven't seen anything like it. So that was cool. Cause I think as a movie goer, you want to see something you haven't seen before. Yeah. And I think annihilation visually does that. Right. Uh, um, but yeah, I thought the visuals were great. I was kind of stunned just watching it. Um, honestly, in the beginning, when it's like her in the normal world, and I get why they did a lot of that was to show you like this visual spectacle. But I was like, hurry up and get to the shimmer. Damn it. I don't care about real world. I want to see weird shit. <laughs> but um, it does it. And I think the visuals are top notch. All right, guys, this is a section I think we all kind of <laughs> want to talk about. I know I do. We're going to talk about creatures, gore, alien question mark, doppelganger question mark. Hopefully this gets into Andrew's territory of what he didn't like. If not, we're going to have a final thought section. So Andrew, you can air your grievances or whatever you didn't okay. like. And we can final thoughts will just be what, uh, but there's one more after creatures before we get into final thoughts, but Joey go creatures, gore, alien question mark. <laughs> All right. So I'll continue where I left off. Uh, dude in the pool. So yeah. we get, you know, a, with the sort of DNA change, you know, you, you they show the video, which you sort of see in the trailer of Oscar Isaac, and they're, apparently they're going nuts. Mm -hmm. uh, they basically cut their friend's stomach open, and you see, like, his intestines, like, moving, uh, I guess, in a circle around his, like, you know, his body. You know, you just see them moving. Like, like the, the, the normal intestines wouldn't move like this. Um, and then, basically, like, when the girls or the ladies, uh, you know, go to the pool and sort of find that same gentleman in the pool. Uh, his insides have basically, like, grown. And they've created this, like, awesome, like, piece of, almost like a piece of, like, artwork. Like, uh, like uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, it's not, not, a, not a steel life, but uh, anyway. Um, oh, sure. Installation. Installation, thank you. Um, just like this, like crazy, like blooming, uh, uh, I guess guts or whatever. And then like his, his body sort of grows out and stretches and tears. And then like his skull grows out of his face. It's very much the thing, like very yeah. much. Um, it was awesome. Um, the bear, there's a scene with a bear and the bear had killed one of the, People. people die in this movie. Sorry. Um, oh, it's the spoilers. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. So, and basically, like, with the with the DNA that's happening, the sort of switch, you know, this, like, changing of the DNA, the, the bear's voice is now the last moments of the woman that he killed. So, like, when he's, like, if he were to roar or growl, it's basically this woman screaming. Mm. Uh, that was pretty fucking terrifying. Love uh, it. Let's, uh, the, um... <laughs> I it was I thought it was cool seeing Jennifer Jason Lee like when she was in the the in the heart of the the shimmer, um, like I guess her eyes went away, like her eyes closed on themselves. Like yeah. seeing that, like she turned around and it was gone again. I wish that like the 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 eyes would have stayed closed, like she had had this like complete transformation. 
just felt like walking in there. Um, I liked even the fact that like, if you go in there, you change, like you're, you, you change, whether you, uh, you know, come back as your doppelganger or you don't, you've, you've completely changed your whole, like DNA has been reconstructed and fucked with. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, I'll stick with that. I thought all that stuff was those three things were really, really stuck out for me. Sweet, Andrew. All right, so we're calling some of my creatures. I'll just go in order. So the first one we see is the uh, crocodile, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't that was an awesome scene. It was it was sort of similar to stuff we've seen before, but one of the cool things was kind of seeing um, how uh, Natalie Portman uses a gun. She's like kneeled down and tactical as fuck and blasting that thing in the face. That was cool. Yeah, she, like, yeah, she like shoots it to get his, she shoots it to get the attention. I thought that was rad. And then she like kneels down and then continues that. that yeah, cool. yeah. The, and, and she just looks really badass there. And um, the one thing I know animals are very unpredictable, and this is a fake animal anyway. But it was just like, why did the animal let her, let the girl go initially? <laughs> you know, whenever she was dragging, whenever the crocodile was dragging her down. Um, but then again, that would kind of fuck up the action scene. I don't know. Anyway, it was just that's just one he thing that snack. stuck out to me. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, overall, look was cool. The reveal of uh, trying to the, the the refractions that they're trying to that they're discovering throughout the movie, and they start seeing in the flowers and the teeth and all that. That was that was cool. Um, it it was more action, less scary. Ultimately, I think in that particular scene. And then the second creature, we got uh, the uh, the bear, I guess, and it kills that girl. And yeah, there were people laughing in the theater, man, at the voice. But I was fucking terrified. That was a that was scary as fuck to me. And that that was totally new. I you know you haven't really seen you know a bear creature you know have a have a growl or a yell like that. And it's like the it's supposed to be the somebody the sound of somebody dying every time this thing opens its mouth, and it you know connects back with the refraction and connecting, mixing and meshing and all that. That was cool. I like that as well. I think honestly, I think that scene where they're tied to the chair is probably one of the highlights of the whole movie. That that was a uh, similar to like I guess it, a lot of movies are influenced by this these days, but you know like the whole Ripley trying to get her face away from the uh, xenomorph in the original alien. It's sort of reminds me of that. Um, alien three, alien three. God, that was the third one. Yeah. She, cause oh. her head shaved. Oh yeah. I totally forgot about that. All right. Well, that scene. Thanks David Fincher. <laughs> All right. Um, and then the, uh, the final alien, uh, I thought that was cool. It was, it was different. Uh, very CG as far as a look is concerned, but I can overlook that. And it was a long time without any dialogue, and it kind of felt like the director got away with a lot. It kind of felt like the director got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Alex Garland is his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that that was cool. That was that was interesting. I want to. I'm going to mention it briefly here. I'm going to get deeper into it in the final remarks probably. But uh, that this is like near the end with the alien is where it sort of fell apart for me. Cause it's just like, well, maybe I'll just get into it. Like, it's just like the, 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 the talking about refraction and all this and all that. And like, it's like when it finally ends up, it's like, Oh, they're just copies or the guy's a copy and she's 
just influenced by the shimmer and it's just like all right that's the end or like, is just, she it's just it's just the payoff at the end isn't that good that's my main beef with the movie you know cool. yeah that's that's really it so i'll just leave it i'll leave it there i guess cool uh yeah I, I mean come on guys these creatures are fucking dope uh like andrew said the first one is the alligator crocodile i don't know uh, there's whatever it is time. yeah um Croc. i love that it was like uh, i mean even in the trailer when they're like it has like sh it has like sharks like teeth with the rose and i was like fuck yeah because i'll just say this in the book you see creatures but they never fight them uh, uh there is a there is a boar scene where the boar looks slightly different and it charges them but then they shoot at it and it kind of just like nah fuck that you know um, which is cool. And it's the, the book is really heady and just kind of like a very slow movie. And it's all told from first person perspective of the biologist, which is Natalie Portman's character. So we're only getting the information that she sees. And we, throughout the book, you never know if she's actually telling the truth or not. Cause in the book she's, she lies and then we'll go back and tell the truth at right. some point. So you really don't know what you're reading, what she's seeing is real. And one thing I liked about the movie was that you kind of got different people's perspectives because you can't just have like, that would be a really boring movie if we only heard from one character the entire time. Well, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be, who knows, but you know, I liked that we got different people's perspectives and like, it wasn't just told through Natalie Portman's like, I mean, I guess she is telling Benedict Wong's character about it. Yeah. So it could be a lie. It could not be which I kind of like the ambiguity of some of the scenes. Cause I didn't really know if I like, she's telling the truth at port points, but I did like that. You kind of got like, you got to see some of the characters react to certain things. And like, you know, I think for the most part, the biologist Natalie Portman's character was telling the truth um, about what incidents went down since we will probably not get a sequel to this. Who knows? But I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. I love that whole uh, action scene. I thought it was dope. Um, I, I assume what Andrew brought up about her attacking her and not being able to drag her underwater, I guess probably because it still retains some of its like crocodile like stuff. And I guess if there's some restraint or it's biting into something that it doesn't, you know, no, doesn't taste like food. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows what uh, it happens to animals when they go through the shimmer or the <laughs> taking place. But I thought it was a dope ass scene, even though that, cro that crocodile alligator was, CG, I thought it looked fucking real. Like when it went in the water, I was like, damn, these effects are top notch. Um, so I thought that scene was great. What Joe was saying about her kneeling down, taking out the fight, like that was badass. Uh, and you know what? I mean, we're going to do I mean, there's a lot of comparisons to this movie. I think it like, it's definitely some alien ref references in there. There's definitely like some of uh, Joey mentioned earlier, John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, there's some Hellraiser moments in this motherfucker. Joey said, cutting open the guy's stomach. Uh, it's, it's a pretty gory film, which I liked. Uh, the bear scream I thought was awesome. I've never seen it, never heard it. I don't know why people were laughing unless it was like a nervous laughter because they didn't know how to be afraid um, <laughs> or it was too terrifying. They didn't know how to handle it. That's what I'm going to assume. But I thought the sound design in that scene alone was phenomenal. It sounds frightening. I was just like sitting there. I was like, Oh my God, dude, I, I know what this thing looks like cause they've given it away in the trailer, but I don't want to see these events go down, <laughs> but I will say there's a badass jaw rip scene in it though. And pretty gory. And I did not expect this movie to be as gory. I knew there'd probably be some from the book, but I definitely thought there were some scenes. I was like, damn, 
they let you get away with this shit. This ain't no horror movie. This isn't like billed as a horror movie, dude. It was like a sci-fi movie. So that was cool. I thought the uh, deer antelope creatures were do- cool looking. I like that they split off. Like it, you saw one and then it turned into another one. And I like that you got to see the effects of the shimmer, like what it's doing to the world, um, which I thought was very cool. Um, I thought the bear design was awesome only because I draw a lot of that shit. I was kind of th- like, yeah, when I saw did. it, I was like, someone <laughs> stole my designs. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I thought that was cool because it's kind of nice to see like, you know, someone, you know, like me and some other creature designer out there draw similar things. I was like, that's pretty cool. Like it's as close ever as I'll probably ever get to seeing something I've drawn come to the come to life. Who knows? Maybe not. But, you know, it was cool to see something like that move around and just like act like a bear, but be like kind of fucked up and have like, Still have the eyes, but the skull on the outside. I thought it was really great creature design throughout. Um, yeah, man. I think one of my biggest beefs with the movie is that, that you get the like classic like alien chip or ball of energy or asteroid falling into the earth. And I was like, damn it. Because in the book, it's more the event just happens. No one knows why. No one knows where it came from. And I wish that would have been in the movie. I didn't need it to be like some kind of alien which that's kind of what like when you meet the big orb thing, which was an alien or whatever the fuck it is, I thought was great because I never seen anything like that either. And uh, the whole time I was like, man, this is a pretty cool, like Lovecraftian movie, like fearing the unknown or seeing the unknown kind of stuff. And I thought that was super dope. Um, uh, and I love just like the, the effects that went into like inverting those like design elements into like, it was so cool to see like it. And then I'm not a big fan of the, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the doppelganger thing. Um, Cause of the book again, there's a character. So in the lighthouse that they go to, that's not like the big event. There's a thing that Natalie Portman's character calls the tower, but everyone else in a group calls it a tunnel, which is very confusing because the tunnel is probably just a, like, you know, it is a tower, but you know, goes down and not up. But she refers to it as the tower, which is kind of like fucks with your brain a little bit because you're like, no, 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 that's a tunnel. Like you're going down. But she always refers to it as a tower, which is weird. And her like I recommend reading the book if you want to like know a lot of the differences. Um, But there's someone in there that they dub the crawler, something in there called the crawler. And it's writing this living language that like spreads out, makes more language. But in the book, they couldn't take the linguist with them because she bowed out. I don't know if it's like. I don't think in the first book, maybe in the second one, they explain why she couldn't go. So no one can read or try to decipher this language. But as a biologist, she sees all these living beings within the language. Um, the crawler is part like shimmer and what's happening there and part the lighthouse keeper. And he's writing this story, basically, which you don't really know what the story is. Um, but that thing kills um, the girl who gets eaten by the bear. Um and I was just kind of let down that I got this weird, weird kind of like just, I mean, I guess it is an alien. I don't really know, which is kind of cool that I don't know. But I'm just going to say it's an alien because it seems like it comes from space, therefore alien. So, uh, but I didn't like, I don't know, man. I just, I didn't, the doppelganger stuff, I was just like, God damn it, no. Um, but everything else I thought was dope. It's just the ending that kind of like loses it for me. Um, like Andrew Same, said, same, same. Um, yeah. but yeah, I was like, I'm very interested. Once we get the final thoughts, I'm sure we'll deep dive into this more, but we're just going to move on and we're going to talk about, um, score, just the music of the movie, 
see what you guys thought. Joey, go ahead. Uh, I actually uh, got this on iTunes because I have Apple Music. Um, and I was listening to it. And it's very like, you know, it's kind of, it's there's, um, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but if I remember correctly, there's not a huge, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's very mellow, is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, you kind of have that uh, uh, classic guitar, uh, acoustic guitar sort of jam that plays, you know, when they're sort of walking through the woods and kind of the quiet moments. Um, the, 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 thank God the, the theme in the trailer was in the film. No, yeah. I, I I I really didn't research it. I didn't know if they had got it from like somewhere else or but I thought that just kind of like real low and then high synthesized like you know, that thing yeah. was that was really cool. I was really glad they kept that in. Uh but yeah, I thought the score was pretty pretty cool and kind of you know a little creepy and uh but then also sort of like um I don't know, uh I'm gonna say you know, kind of chill, I guess, for the most part. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, the yeah, the, the the acoustic guitar stuff was, it, it was it was definitely a little weird. It was definitely very like Last of Us. I don't. Um, it was interesting why they why that was in there because it, it didn't really seem to be that type of film with that guitar. But I, I dug it also. So that was it was a little kind of off putting in a way. But um, yeah, I dug it. Sweet, Andrew. Dude, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't. I didn't really notice the score. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't really like stick out to me. I didn't notice anything in the trailer. It just didn't like pop to me. The the last score that I was like, I really noticed actually was the Interstellar score. And then I get online, everybody says it sucks. And I was like, what? This is like the one of the first ones in a long time I actually liked. <laughs> like, I'm there's a lot that I like, but like I really notice Interstellar a lot. And uh, but with this one, it was just I don't know. I didn't really wasn't good or bad. It just I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't know we purpose. were doing this, man. I didn't know I had to pay attention to that part. <laughs> uh, I just, I just did it because I felt like that, the, the, that tone that they use in the trailer is so like, like I'm like Joey. I really hope that they were going to use that, and it wasn't just some like, oh yeah, we got this from this dude, and we can't use it in the movie, but it makes a really cool trailer sound or whatever. Right, right. Like whatever rights go into, like I don't know. That shit's probably so convoluted and just like. Well, you can use this part of it, but you can't use this part of it because this part was used in blah blah blah, you know. So, um, but yeah, I just I just thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I like the score. I think it's like very somber at points. I, the fucking acoustic guitar shit bothered the fuck out of me. <laughs> because it was like it, it was like the same kind of thing. So I was like, this is weird because it's it's only like a couple of like port, chord progressions and notes. Mm-hmm. So I was like. I wonder if that distorted sound that we hear is that acoustic guitar uh, song distorted as we move forward into the film. And I think it is. I'd have to watch it again, but I do notice like, cause I knew that tune pretty well. And as they get further in and when they kind of start using that weird manipulated synthy sound, I think it's that just broken down into like the most abstract version of that guitar part. Um, that's just my theory. I don't know if that's true. It could be totally wrong, but I could have sworn at one point there's like one time they use it with more synth. And I swear to God, it starts off with that same chord progression. And I was like, holy fuck, this is dope. Like, this is like, here's this acoustic guitar. This is normal life. This is, you know, boring. You know, she's painting a room. She, her and her husband are reading on the couch. We're playing this song or that like 
kind of 60, 70 kind of pop song that they listened to like twice in the movie, which I also didn't think fit either. But I felt like it was trying to show like a normalcy of everyday life. And then when you get to the shimmer and you see all this DNA hap, like, uh, you know, cells, uh, gathering cells and shit, um, that aren't your own and becoming more plant-based and more, uh, yeah, it's just, I felt like the music was also changing. So I'd be really interested to see if like someone else saw that. I haven't read any reviews necessarily. I've just talked to like my roommates who I saw it with. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I just thought the score was kind of cool. I don't think it was like super stand out, but I thought it worked really well. And I definitely love that fucking, the trailer was so good, dude, <laughs> that the music in it. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring it up just cause I feel like, that little that uh, that little synthy sounds that we hear in the trailer is like I was hoping for it and I got it. So that's one thing I liked about it. All right, moving on. <laughs> and here we go. We're going to talk about the ending thoughts. Any questions? Um, you know, if you guys want to like ask me anything about like what uh, if you're like, was this in the book or any of that stuff? I can answer what I can. I have. Sometimes it's easy to retain book information and sometimes it's just like kind of goes to the late wayside. So I'll answer the questions the best I can. Um, Joey, is there anything you want to say about like, uh, you know, ending thoughts or any questions? Yeah, I did want to mention you had mentioned the uh, when Gina Rodriguez gets her jaw ripped off by the bear, just how easy it looked for that. Because uh, like, usually you'd see like in a film, like a tussle, like the bears like grabbing it at her throat and like you're you know you see her like gargling or whatever she's like trying to get the mouth open or you know you'd see like a longer scene but he just like goes for the throat and then just like you know moves his face to the left and the whole jaw and throat just gets ripped out it's like super quick yeah like, man i mean obviously like a bear is incredibly powerful but you just kind of see that whoosh, happen you know we, we've seen leonardo DiCaprio getting mauled by a bear but you know yeah. we didn't see we didn't see any limbs or chunks of skin you know get just thrown off of them um uh is uh, isaac, uh oscar isaac lighting himself on fire with that flare grenade was yeah. rad yeah um you know and then you said <laughs> okay you, you hear him talking you think he's just talking to like obviously you know i was gonna say talking to himself but then you find out that he is talking to himself <laughs> it's a doppelganger himself um and he was the one that you know that got out um and i guess in a way when you know when he got out and was having the seizures or whatever his like whole cell structure or organs were failing because he was an alien you know, yeah. he's not he's not used to oxygen and, and you know, air quality of Earth. Um, and I, I I didn't mind the doppelganger stuff uh, like that much. I, you know, the fact that like she couldn't get out of there and basically like the doppelganger obviously knew uh, the the all the movements that she was doing and like basically like kept her down there and then she would get knocked out. And then um, I wonder if that they were trying to maybe suggest that uh the doppelganger became the original in a way like because when she was knocked out like there was a change uh, yeah. but I, I but i think i think it kind of went to where basically she uh you know her she was basically changed and whatever happened even if she got out she was still changed and basically would uh maybe sympathize with the doppelganger oscar isaac um but I think, but overall, man, I thought it was a cool movie. It was definitely, you know, kind of a slow burn, but it was, you know, kind of cool to see like a big budget sort of sci-fi horror 
uh, type film again. Yeah. I just want to comment before we go on, Andrew. Um, so okay. the bear scene in the Revenant in the book is fucking brutal as shit. Um, and I assume it wasn't as brutal in the Revenant just for time constraint. And the fact that in the book, it takes him months and months to heal from that bear attack. But you got to get the movie moving along, man. That movie's already almost 30 hours long. So I'm just going to say, I'm sure Bear could rip your jaw if it really wanted to. And also, we in the Shimmer Dog, who knows how much strength he got. Um, but the Bear, like, if you read the Revenant book, he, they fuck up Leonardo DiCaprio's character. It's like kind of, sure. it's like hard, like, it's fucking intense. And he's just like, for half that book, he's just crawling because that's all he can do. <laughs> and it's like, you can't, like, I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to see the gore that's described in the book. And I was like, I get it. We got to move on. We got to get to that Tom Hardy versus scene. All right, come on, let's do it. Um, but uh, anyway, Andrew, final thoughts, get into the shit you hated. I'm ready for it. Um, Again, like that didn't, I, I said, I liked that. I didn't love it. I saw it. I definitely didn't hate the movie. It's not that it's just, it just kind of felt like it just real, really fell flat at the end that I'm not talking about the weird alien stuff. Whenever he, whenever they finally meet the alien, that that part was, you know, was okay. I think it could have been a little better, but it's just the doppelganger stuff at the end. It's like, all right, we went through all this journey just to have a doppelganger. I don't know. It just felt like the, again, the payoff is just not that good compared to everything else. I kind of feel like, I mean, no offense to Garland, but I kind of feel like if, if Christopher Nolan were to take this, we would have had like a better concept at the end of what should have happened. Maybe he would have changed the book a little bit. I don't know, but it just kind of felt like, like, like Nolan's really good with really honing in on what his concepts and themes are, let alone action and stuff, you know? So like, like if you look at like Batman begins and dark Knight, especially it's like, they're just constantly going. There's like so many concepts and things, themes thrown at you. And it's like all fucking like woven into the plot really well. And, I don't know. Just like this, this just like wasn't enough at the end. And it's just like, all right, there, there's a copy. All right, whatever. Um, I, I, and I have a question about the, the book actually, Maddie, since you opened it up for that, the, the subplot with her cheating on her husband, Oscar Isaac seemed to kind of go nowhere in the movie that is more fleshed out in the book. Um, I honestly don't remember if she does do that in the book okay, or not, there is a lot of stuff added from the, um, fuck, uh, from the, um, added Garland, from the book yeah, the um, Garland took his own liberties with it, which I've read that the, the writer of the, of the novel was really surprised by the ending and didn't see it coming. Uh. But I would say that you as a writer, you've, he's lived this world. He knows it more vividly than any of us, even Alex Garland. Yeah. You know, so I think as a writer, he was probably kind of glad to see something that he didn't write, you know, cause then it's like, Oh, the crawler doesn't look like the way I envisioned him or, you know, um, right. cause the book does kind of end with a lot of questions. And I feel like this annihilation movie, since we're, I mean, obviously I don't think any of us thought we were going to get the other two, movies because there are two more books after this just because i mean it's a weird movie it didn't make a lot of money it's a gamble for any studio it bombed man black yeah. panther's just ripping it up at the box office still yeah i mean and we all knew that but they have to release a movie at some point you know so yeah, yeah. um but um you know we're not going to get two of these um and i think garland probably knew this and just tried to finalize the movie but kind of leave an ambiguous ending yeah which you know 
it's fine. It's just the ending wasn't for me. Um, yeah. uh, I will also say that Oscar Isaac's character does not go through any of the stuff he goes through. He dies of cancer. Uh, and she goes in to try to figure out why he died. Like, why did he come back from this area and just uh, his body's ridden with cancer? Like, it's every kind of cancer in his body. So, uh, um, and I think the reason they put the, um, I mean, she's obviously going there to try to save him, but I feel like she also owes him because she did like cheat on him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you would have asked that, I don't think it was really necessary. I just thought that guy, when she talks to him is just like a concerned colleague that was like, Hey, you should come hang out. Cause your husband hasn't talked to you in like a year. So he's probably dead. Um, come to this barbecue or a uh, garden party. What the fuck they were going to. Um, but it, like when that happened, I was like, I don't really care. Get back to area X, please. Uh, that's where I want to be. Um, so. <laughs> I feel like that could have been asked to maybe explore other things, but yeah. I don't know. It didn't take that much away from me. And I just kind of like, well, you know, at that point, I mean, I was kind of, I, it was kind of weird. Cause I thought like she was cheating on her husband while he was still there. Yeah. But I don't, because the thing in the book is she is a weird person. Like she just like, she's not very emotionally attached, but she like goes through the motions of what humans should do. She gets married because this is like the, person that she connects with the most and she just acquires she's like well i guess that's love and this is what i'm gonna do um so she's not like a great character she's not like so like she's not like a heroine or something like she does everything right she so did I think, she just sort of come off as a little bit unlikable in the sense that at times because she she's like crying so hard at whenever at his return and then you, you know a few minutes later you see shots of her cheating on him it's just like oh this bitch is fake you know, I don't know. It's just kind of just, well, I mean, she, I think it makes her, makes her more real, but it also made her somewhat less likable in some ways. Yeah. I mean, I think you can love someone and like miss them. And then you can also be like, you know, like something's not working out in the relationship, but there yeah. was a reason you love that person to begin with. I mean, we've all had failed relationships, but there was something there that made us really attached to that person. And I don't think you ever lose that. And I'm sure if one of those people died or you never heard from them again, you'd be like, that'd be fun. Like, who is this? Like, I don't, what happened to them? Right. You know, maybe you wouldn't have that emotional reaction, but I don't feel like there was enough there really about the relationship. I thought it was just enough to make, I know why she's going to area X. She wants to save him. She feels for him. She cares for him. You know, maybe she did wrong. like that, that cheating or, whatever must've went on for a long time and yeah. she feels bad about it and like, doesn't want to do it anymore. Realizes her mistake. And maybe that's some kind of like thing that weighs on her that makes her have to go do this mission. But that was what I took from in that scene. But, uh, all right, I'm just going to get into like, I don't like the last half of that. I don't like the lighthouse scene that much. I think it's, I don't know, man. It's just like, I saw the orb thing and I was like, that's pretty dope. I love when you see Jennifer Jason Lee without like eyes and shit. It's like Jacob Slatter moment. And I was like, this is fucking dope. Well, I wonder where this is going to go. And then the orb shows up and I'm like, okay, that was weird. What's going to happen. And then when the thing come, when the, the alien humanoid thing comes out, I was like, all right, what's this? And I thought <laughs> it was cool that there was like no real dialogue happening. And like, she felt I, there was an uneasiness that she like can't escape, which I thought was cool. And that one part where it presses her up against the door I was just like, holy fuck, man. What I thought it was going to turn into a thing moment where they like start merging together. I was like, this is going to get fucked up. But then that didn't happen. <laughs> so I was like, damn it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. I And I hate that they just ended it with like, we're just going to catch shit on fire because fire kills everything. And I'm like, yeah, I know that was weird, right? Like there's this this weird alien that's like super advanced and it's like, oh, here's fire. You know, yeah. a little weird. I d yeah, I just didn't buy it. And I don't care. Like, I mean, I'm sure fire would kill like if an alien being jumped came down on Earth and we threw fire at it, I'm sure it'd probably suck. I'm sure it'd probably die. Because fire sucks, right? So fire. But I just felt like it was a dumb, like I not dumb, but I just felt it was a cop out for a movie. yeah they yeah yeah and i think alex garland is a creative i mean ex machina is great 20 days later is a great revitalization of the zombie genre i mean he wrote the book the beach which is a fun 90s movie i mean and all those movies kind of in sunshine too uh i mean those are all cool movies that i thought the endings were much better and more realized and i felt like you know maybe they had to change something for whatever reason or you know the studio was like dude we just don't get this ending you got to change it like set some shit on fire because how like we don't get what's happening so i don't know i just kind of took me out of the movie and then when like oscar isaacs is okay and they hug and then it's like she knows he's the doppelganger and it's not her husband but they share that attachment of them being in the shimmer and surviving the shimmer um, and him wanting to start over and like you see her eyes kind of change a little bit and it's always in her. I thought it was kind of cool, but it's, I don't know. It just doesn't make like, I'd almost would have much rather it have been her just get out. Maybe her husband dies. She doesn't save him and she just has to live with the consequences. And maybe we get the little shimmer in her eyes. Like she has it. I don't know. I just thought like the ending just kind of fell apart for me, but I love the journey though, man. <laughs> I love the journey yeah, to that yeah. ending. And yeah. I, the thing that I wanted to know more from you guys was because I'd read the book and I was expecting certain uh, things to happen and I didn't get them. But I was wondering if it's still a really cool sci fi movie. And I think it is. And it seems like everyone here enjoyed it, didn't love it. You know, Andrew, anyway, because um, he doesn't <laughs> like things. Um, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel like it's good. I feel like we've had some good conversations about it. Uh, Joey, apparently Kim's got some final thoughts and I want to hear him. Yeah, guys, I got a, a, a last minute walk in <laughs> Kim with her uh, final thoughts. Sweet. Let's do it. Hello, fellas. Hi. Hi. How, how's it going? Good. Good. So uh, I really liked Annihilation. I thought it was great. Sweet. But I have to say it had my four biggest fears in it. <laughs> All right. Alien, aliens, number one. Apocalypse, number two. Imposter husbands number three and fire number four. <laughs> wow! Damn. All right, all right. Yeah, hit them all. Hit them all. Hit them all. <laughs> anything else? What? You got anything else like a uh, favorite scene or anything like that? Uh, well, I definitely had a nightmare about that scene at the end where she's like wrestling the you know the black mass alien that's like you know becoming her like yeah like three days of nightmares on that one but. It was really yeah. cool. Like I was, I was really into it. Like that scene where he's in the pool, where like the guy's insides have just like exploded into that like moss mass. Yeah, it was pretty epic. I was into it. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, Kim. So that's it. That's all I got. Kim's corner. Yeah. Kim's corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta start right. doing that every movie. <laughs> yeah. Kim's Kim comes in for like thirty seconds. <laughs> I'm down. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Thumbs up, thumbs down. All right. All Sounds right, good. All right. See ya. Awesome. 
Oh man! All right. Woo-hoo. All right. That's it. Wrapped up. Annihilation and wrapped. Done. Cool, bros. Sweet. All right. We're gonna get into Kevin Smith had a heart attack. Oh my god. OMG. I was I was so scared, guys. I was like, no, you can't take Kevin Smith. Why is Donald Trump still here? Why are you gonna take Kevin Smith? <laughs> so, so I take gotta, Mike Pence. Take some somebody fucking bad. Don't take yeah. one joy. I know. One person I love to watch. I, I mean, know. Yeah. I'm glad he has a plethora of movies I can go back and watch and cry, but I still got to live in Donald Trump's America. What the fuck? Yeah. Higher power, my asshole. Somebody I know was working that day with Kevin Smith. Oh shit. True story. On the set. Um, You know, apparently they, they, you know, I mean, this is everywhere now, but you know, they had shot like an episode of something uh, and they were going to shoot another one, you know, I guess after lunch or whatever, but when they were trying to get Kevin to set, you know, it was time for him to come to set. They were like, no, he's not feeling good. He's laying down. Um, and that was kind of, you know, then I guess a little bit later, they called the ambulance or whatever, or it took him to the hospital. I'm not sure exactly how he got there or how they found out. But yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a, somebody on the set when that happened. That's crazy, dude. And yeah, so it's basically just, you know, he didn't feel well. He was woozy, had a huge uh, chest pain and, you know, it wasn't like a cardiac arrest. My left arm hurts type of scenario um but yeah man glad he's glad he's still here hope you know the clogged up his his widow maker man 100 percent clogged that's uh yeah. i don't know you know i don't know much of the the medical uh percentage of somebody surviving that or you know how that goes but you know glad he's still here his mom has heart problems his dad died of a heart attack okay uh, he was 80 pounds heavier for most of his life mm-hmm. he said that uh he said, "Like I lost like eighty five pounds. Why did to his doctor? He's like, why did I? Why did this even happen?" And his doctor said, "This started a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole life that that heart's been with you your whole life. So uh, it's still probably adjusting to his mm-hmm. new uh, new body. Basically, um, I'm currently staring at Kevin Smith's signature on my wall. I got a poster when I went to the uh, a New Year's Eve Hollywood Babylon podcast recording." <laughs> And I put that above my desk because I podcast at my desk. And if I look at Kevin Smith's signature while we podcast, we'll get magical juju the whole time we record. (laughs) (laughs) Every time, every time I'm in my car, well, there was a good two or two years maybe where anytime I was in my car, I was listening to Kevin Smith's voice (laughs) and somebody else he was podcasting with like huge Kevin Smith fan, especially podcasting in recent years um and i i liked jay and silent bob strike back a lot of people don't like that movie dogma i saw mall rats in the theater with my entire family Man. okay my dad to this day said that movie with that guy that stuck his hand up his ass hilarious as hell you know <laughs> <laughs> he still remembers that scene the most um and we didn't know what we were watching at the time i think i didn't see clerks of course because that was uh way too early on but i found out about it in high school anyway kevin smith been with me a long time i thought we were going to lose him man i was like just trying to prepare for the worst you know uh 100 blockage isn't that good um but apparently uh he's he's all he's pretty good now i wouldn't say he's 100 but he's he posted that he like feels more alert than ever yeah because that he just has a lot more blood flow than he used to <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you put a stint in, it makes things slightly easier on you. Yeah. Do we want to talk about favorite Kevin Smith movies? Let's just sure. run through them real quick. Uh yeah. So uh uh Joey. 
Um, I think basically the sort of, the first one I ever saw was Mall Rats, and that was kind of you know uh, in the in the nineties when I was either in middle school or high school, and like was a big fan of comics, and you know they're they they meet Stan Lee and just kind of having that like first meeting like Jay and Silent Bob as these two dummies living at the mall. Um, I it, it's probably my favorite one. Um, cause I, I feel like I'm, I'm maybe missing one or two, but I think yeah, Mallrats is always going to be my favorite one. I think because of because of that, it it really uh it, yeah it really resonated with me um, as a kid at the time. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with that one. Maddie, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think most of us here are gonna be uh, Mallrats fans. Um, I'm not. I mean, I saw Mallrats and it like connected with me because I think I was like a teenager, and you know, those people are supposed to like it's supposed to be teenagers, but those dudes are easily in their thirties. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. um, but I liked it just because like that was the only thing in my small town was like a mall and like kind of, like I was into comics too. So, you know, I felt like you know like Kevin Smith was like. It's like this guy makes my movies, you know, the stuff I want to see. And, you know, coming from a small town, we didn't get like a lot of weird indie stuff. So I didn't see Clerks till later. But Mallrats has always stayed with me. Um, Dogma, I think, is incredible. Uh, it was one of the films that was like, yeah, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. Like some of the things that are being addressed are thoughts that I've had and about religion and uh, things. And I thought it was a fun movie. Um, but uh, Tusk is fucking amazing. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. And like I said before, that's why I go see movies to see shit I've never seen before. And Tusk making a dude a walrus. That's fucked up, man. Good job, Kevin. Um, and then I'm going <laughs> to just uh, mention, I thought red state was really good. Cause when that came out, you hadn't really heard much from Kevin Smith. It felt like he was kind of done making films. And then he made this weird kind of horror esque cult movie. And after that he made Tusk. And I felt like we got a revitalization of, Kevin Smith doing some different shit, but still keeping that, like that tone and the comedy, but being more serious films, you know? And, you know, I thought that was really cool. Cause I still felt like it was a Kevin Smith film. I still like, it felt like it was the same guy who made mall rats. He just said, he's grown a little bit. He's learned he's ready. He's an adult now, <laughs> you know, he's got to make some, he got to get a couple serious films under his belt, but still have his Kevin Smith touch to them. So that's great. And I, uh, a lot of people don't like yoga hosers, but I love it because it's so Kevin Smith. And <laughs> one thing I think I miss go when I go to see films now, I feel like a lot of stuff looks very similar, has a very similar style. Yeah. And I love or has like it's kind of written very similar, you know, when you see it. And I love that I can go see a movie and I get that Kevin Smith voice. And that's why I love Kevin Smith, man. He makes his movies. And I think as an artist, we all went to art school on this podcast. Uh, I think that's really important. And I'm glad that he gets to say whatever he wants generally most of the time and make the movies he wants. Cause I think as an artist, that's what you want to do. You just don't want to work for the man all the time. You want to make your shit. So, uh, Kevin, I'm glad, I'm glad you're all right. <laughs> Cause good Lord, if you would have went, I need moose jaws, man. I need <laughs> moose jaws. I got to finish up that. <laughs> dude yeah uh, but <laughs> moose jaws yeah uh, yeah it was i thought oh god dude it was scary the very next thing he's going to make is Jalen silent bob reboot and i'm actually really excited about that because uh i a lot of people didn't like Jalen silent bob strike back but i thought it was great cock knockers hilarious <laughs> um 
And uh, my favorite one probably is like you guys. I liked Mallrats quite a bit, and maybe number two would be Dogma. That little run he had there was great. I you had Mallrats, Dogma, and then Challenge Amy. Jason Amy. Yeah, I liked that one. But that was kind of a, a bummer at times, but that's probably one of his like. Yeah. If any Kevin Smith movie can get into like Criterion Collection, it's that one. So yeah. I'm not a tracer, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, Mallrats is probably probably number one, I guess. But um, yeah, he said like he started to do uh, the horror movies and stuff because he he felt like he. And when he was writing his movies in the 90s, especially at that time, he wanted to write about his experiences and people that he knew and conversations that he had. Like he talks about Star Wars, so he's going to have people talking about Star Wars in his movie. So mm -hmm. th then he made a turn. He was like, you know what? I don't have to actually kill a guy for a character to kill somebody in my stories. <laughs> you know, I don't have to have a horror experience to write a horror movie. So yeah. he... He he was he started doing stuff like, like Tusk and all that. And he said, he always talks about how like he's a he was a midnight horror movie fan. He was like, a, you know, he, he definitely liked horror movies growing up a lot as well. So um, it's definitely it's in his wheelhouse as well, to, at least as to a certain degree. And, and yeah, and Tusk, especially since his renaissance, like like uh, Red State was I thought was OK. Yoga Hosers is like, yeah, yeah, it's whatever. It's mainly for younger girls, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you're in that age group and, and you're a girl, you probably feel you can feel that movie a lot more. That's what, that's what that movie is yeah, for. I pretty felt it, and I'm not in that age group. I do I do agree with you said what you said about like it, it, even if it's not the greatest movie, at least it has the Kevin Smith touch to it, and that's that's awesome. And uh, and uh, it it is good to see that because yeah, a lot, I think it's kind of like the maybe this is a bigger topic for later, but it might be like the the dark side of like the geek world taking over every movie ever. Like maybe I wonder if there's like something about geek culture that's kind of homogenizing movies. I'm yeah. not I'm not really sure, but uh, well maybe we can get that later, but um. Anyway, yeah, we almost lost him, and glad he's still around. I want to mention something else. Um, Kevin Smith and Joe Quesada did a stint on Daredevil, uh, probably the end of the maybe '99 or 2000s, one of those. My buddy had the graphic novel and lent it to me, and he and those two were basically the ones that like gave me Daredevil because I had really never read anything that I, I guess I really hadn't read any Daredevil comics. I know there was like you know some good runs at the time, but I think I was maybe mature enough to really start uh, sort of getting into that world. And then they sort of brought me, you know, what got me into Daredevil being sort of one of my favorite characters in Marvel today. Um, so that's definitely, uh, you know, thank him for that, for sure. Sweet. Not Frank Miller, bro? Well, I, I wasn't in, I didn't read those at the time oh, all right, all right. no definitely frank miller kept it going you know i definitely picked up all the frank miller stuff but kevin smith was the one that was like oh daredevil's a thing he's cool i like him yeah all right we we're gonna move on to uh joey's top show 2018 so far yeah so uh this may be a little difficult for everybody to get it's i mean it's not too difficult but uh you know maybe wait till the season's over and you can pay you know your little bit of money uh so on stars there's a show called counterpart with jk simmons mm -hmm. um and uh a couple other actors as well um he's sort of the main character uh, i don't want to get too much into what the show is about but it's a very cool sort of uh uh spy sci-fi show uh, it's seven episodes in seventh episode dropped last night um 
it's on again i said it's on stars so you can get like the stars app once uh the uh show is probably finished airing and you know you can pay your little eight bucks or however much it costs to get it and watch the whole season uh it's very um oh, it's good it's it's really good it's a little twist and turns uh uh it's awesome man every time it's over we're like super upset that it's like no gotta wait a whole week for the next one you know you, you want right, that in, right. you want that in a show and it's uh it's great i added that to my list i'm gonna go off of what on the if we're on this topic if it's okay and i'm sure you got something maddie there's an anime called inuyashiki it's i-n-u-y-a-s-h-i-k-i it's on amazon prime and it is great. It's similar to what Joey said as far as like when it's over, you just want to start the next one. I think the whole thing is on there. And uh, and yeah, it's been fucking great, dude. It's it's like the Kira Kurosawa film Ikiru. That's a, it's I-K-I-R-U. It's a non-samurai Kurosawa film about a guy that uh, basically faces his own death. Ikiru means to live. And uh, and it's a mix of that and uh, Iron Man, actually. And they make some references to Spider-Man a few times. It's weird. You're seeing some Marvel influence in anime now, which is interesting. They're like, what comics are you going to buy? And they're like, Spider-Man. They're like, which one? Amazing. Okay. <laughs> you know, like that whole conversation is in the fucking show. And, uh, but it's a lot more than that. And he goes and like fights the Yakuza and shit. Just check it out. It's cool. Mm, you sold me. So it's not Inuyasha. No, not Inuyasha, Inuyashiki. It means dog mansion. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Don't know why it has All a right. name. There is a dog in it, but it's there's not a mansion. Well, yeah, but it's not really important to the plot, it seems like. But anyway, that's the name. Okay. You finished it? I have not. I have been busy as fuck. I've got Classic an extra. Andrew. I got a freelance gig that I got recently, and that's Uh-oh. taken up my time as like. I got just so much shit going on, man. I guess it's better than not having shit going on. So, all right, yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like more yeah. than usual, man. Inuyashiki, um, Last Hero? Maybe that's the subtitle. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I looked into it and saw some of the images because I was like, is he talking about Inuyasha? And I was no, like, no, yeah. no. It's yeah. brutal. It's a hard okay. R anime. All right, I'm in. You got me. Hard R, hard, <laughs> hard R. Um, all right, cool. Since everyone's got one, I got one too. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little shout out to Sundance TV's uh, Happen Leonard. Uh, written, uh, I've read the first three novels. They're by Joe R. Lansdale. Love that author. He's great. Just kind of writes like gritty Southern books. Um, and season two just dropped on Netflix. Season three, I think, comes out in a couple of weeks. Um, so each one of them is based on like they just do the book in like six episodes, which is great. They're kind of like they're I think they're an hour long, but it's kind of yeah, short. Yeah, they're like to the point. Um, just a little backstory. Hap is a conscientious objector who is white and is very liberal. Um, Leonard is a black man who is gay and who is uh, like a conservative, basically, and they're best friends. Wow. And they go on, and then they solve, like, they get put into these kind of weird situations where they're almost detectives, but not really, because they're really bad at, like, like, they can solve stuff, but they always end up in the worst situation. They're like, oh, cool, we solved it, but now the bad guy has us, and how the fuck are we going to get out of this? <laughs> so, uh, it's very cool, very Southern. Um, was not a big fan of the casting of James Perfroy as a uh, hap, but he has grown on me a lot. I just saw him differently when I was reading the novels. Um, and then Leonard is played by Michael K. Williams. Mm-hmm. 
and I love him. I mean, come on, Omar, y'all from The Wire. <laughs> Shit, I watched that guy fucking in anything. I think the biggest disappointment about Solo was that they recast his character. Anyway, oh, um, but really good show. I'm I'm a couple episodes into season two. It's weird because I've read the books, so I thought I'd already seen the season, but I realized I hadn't. But it's because mm-hmm. I read the book and I know what happens. But uh, I think it's really well done. The budget seems really nice. It's not super low budget or anything like, you know, they spend money where they need to spend money. Um, and the stories are just kind of like, you know, kind of dark humor. Uh, really fun. But I recommend checking it out if you're just kind of bored with everything else, because honestly, it's not like anything else. So cool. That, that show is on IFC and season three starts in a couple weeks. Oh, IFC. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's my pick. Cool. So we're going into uh, Maddie Curtin listens. Correct? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My boy, my boy Corey Stringer. It's it's Eric B's cousin. Uh, Eric B has not been on the podcast, but he's been in a Superhouse video. He ha- Eric B's been on the podcast. Has he? What, yeah. Was we, had video? Whole, we had a whole interview of him. Um, maybe, but we had there's an interview of Eric B. On, maybe it was that. Maybe it's that, and I just always see the picture. Yeah, maybe. Well, anyway. Um, Corey was always our drummer in any band we started in high school, basically. Um, he's a very good drummer. Um, he recently dropped an album on iTunes. You can get $4.99. It's called Metampsychosis. The name of the band is Nest. It's like sludge, doom, uh, black metal, and it's awesome. Uh, all right, it's, all right. Uh, so it's only a two-piece. Corey plays drums, and he screams, and dude, that he's so he's so tall and so thin. So, such a skinny little dude. Such a skinny tall man. And he his scream is so deep and so great. Uh it's definitely like a very black metal thing. Uh and there's a guitarist, uh Kyle Kyle Kenner. And I've never met him, but he he got some dope ass uh licks, dude. Got them riffage down. Um and they're on Sludge Lord Records. Uh hopefully, uh once Stefan and I get heavy rotation back, I hope to have Corey on and hopefully his his partner to discuss like the recording process and like getting on to sludge or you know they did have some issue with another label before this got put on us so it'd be cool to talk about but you guys should purchase it or just listen to it on apple music um you know any support you can give like new and upcoming bands is always dope i bought it even though i do have the early audio files of it um because eric sent them to me he's like dude just check out course shit and i was like yeah it's just dope but now it's dropped and it sounds all fancy and polished and that that's it listen to it especially if you like that what's the name of the band again they're called nest nest in yeah n-e-s-t right what's the uh album name uh metam psychosis spell that for the listeners please maddie oh jesus christ guys come on i think Uh, i remember it m-e-t-e-m-p-s-y-c-h-o-s-i-s damn you just won the spelling bee andrew Can you, you don't get no prize. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm pretty sure that's correct, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you're right. I have it written down. I wrote down everything so I could get the names right, because sometimes it's just good to have the information in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Being prepared is a good thing. Yeah. Dear. Cool. But that's all I got. All right, and um, we want to do. You guys wanted to shout out a very special game in your hearts before we get to the final, final shout out. Yeah, I mean, I think Joey has to take. Joey introduced me to this, and we've been playing it. So, Joey, take it away. Let the people know what's going on. So, Bloodborne uh, is a game by FromSoft. Uh, they also made uh, the Dark Souls series, and um, 
a uh, couple of older games uh, before that. Tenchu, I think, yeah, they did Tenchu, and there's a, uh, I think it's, there's another Robert one Gore. called Kingsfield. Kingsfield is one of them. Oh saying. God, I forgot um, about that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Bloodborne will be free on PlayStation Plus this Tuesday, uh, and I believe on March 10th they are doing a big co-op uh, celebration until March 24th. So if you get the game, if you've never played it, definitely get it. It'll be free on PlayStation Plus. And uh, if you're having trouble, ring that bell. Get a free. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, my just if you want to play with Joey and I, I don't care. I'll give out my PSN name. Don't know if Joey wants to. I'm old Maddie. Um, just add me and we can play through some Bloodborne. I'm not very good at it, so we'll probably want to get Joey too. Yeah, I'm a uh, Lone Sword three, all one word, number three. Super Caveman 1984, fight me on injustice. <laughs> Andrew will not be playing Bloodborne. Apparently. I'll play it, but it's just let me get finished with this freelance gig. It's killing me. Sweet dude, no worries. Uh, all right, guys, that's it. That's all we got for you. That was episode 115. Guys, we got to do this. We're gonna do it every time because it's our only supporter <laughs> currently. Shasta, we our love you. Brand. Thank, thank you for every, your contribution to this podcast. Um, it's always great to see. Um, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shasta. Man, we talked a lot. I need something to drink, a <laughs> beer preferably. Uh, Hell yeah, Oscars what? are happening. Just happened. Um, I'm sure we'll do some uh, thoughts on that next Sunday uh, about what, who won what and what's going on. So uh, stay tuned for that, guys. Later. See you. Andrew turning off. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on we are basically on all social media yeah, all social media mainly facebook and twitter and patreon check out the links in the description we have a lot of uh cool goals uh set up on our patreon like if you donate a dollar you'll be able to uh give us a topic for us to talk about and that's we'll talk dope. about for maybe an hour or more who knows yeah. how long it'll take and that's pretty tight <laughs> that's the coolest thing <laughs> wait we're on the internet that's pretty good if you and don- we can make money <laughs> what <laughs> if you donate a thousand dollars you get full frontal nudes we haven't set that up but it's a possibility if you give us a grant who knows what will happen check us out <laughs> I'll do that <laughs> I'll do that <laughs> You get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. A million, I'll give you Joey for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. Superhouse Gigolo Project. 2018. <laughs> Link's in the description.